five, four, three, two, one, go. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Blowing the Doors Off, episode 26. I'm Brett Morris, your host. Got my co-host in here with me again this week, Andrew Sherwin. What's going on, man? Tell you, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty with all this uh, playoff business. Yeah, it's uh, it's really setting up Daytona really fat, I think. It's really <laughs> softball pitching it to him, slow pitch. I know. And <laughs> I, you know, as, as almost cliche as it is in a way, I'm, I'm sort of glad that that NASCAR is going to get this moment to be this exciting. Uh, And really, no matter what happens at Watkins Glen, it's still going to have implications for somebody. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm ready for that. I know uh, Kansian was texting me last night, giving me his whole lineup that he had for the rest of the season. And he said, this is uh, this Daytona race is setting up to be real good. And I was like, I'm jealous. He's going to that. And, uh, uh, homestead and he's going to some stuff at north wilsboro talk about a fucking lineup yeah yeah he told me about that i was like man you know it's like i wonder you know uh a year and a half ago or whatever if everything was going going well in mooresville if how much of this racing stuff i would i would go do but you know what it is what it is there's no uh there's no going back to that there's only there's only forward yeah. So I'm excited for him, obviously. Oh yeah. He kind of had it seems like he had kind of the the late the late summer lineup when I had like the good weekend set up with Indy with the IRP and the IndyCar Xfinity car and this seems like a fun little time he's getting to do. I'm pretty jealous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully at some point this all culminates with us and uh Brandon at Martinsville. I think that's kind of what we were all shooting for. I don't know if Martinsville is going to be the, I'll say, the are you sure you want to do but, that? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, if it was me between all of us, I would say, let's go to Darlington. That would uh, be awesome. But it, you know, that's just, no, I've been to both places. So it's hard for me to, it's easy for me to say, because I've been to both. And with the way the car is driving at Martinsville right now, I'd say, mm, well, let's take a look over there at Darlington. Yeah. I don't blame me one bit on that. I wish I lived closer to the homestead. I feel like the mile and a half at, Miami down there is going to be a pretty good race when it gets down to that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that racetrack, it, it's really come in, so to speak. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little news for the for the week. Uh, hot off the press, Ryan Blaney signs extension uh, with Penske. That's a uh, it's a good little deal for Blaney. I feel like he's kind of leading that team right. Well. Logano has two wins, but I still feel like Blaney's been the better car in my opinion. That sounds weird with Logano having two wins. Yeah, I I think if nothing else, what this does is it it arrests any conversation that could have been going on. I hadn't heard anything. I, I think Ryan will drive for Penske probably just about as long as he wants to. And given what you just said, it's like at some point these wins are going to come. If you're the fastest among team, a team that's already winning races and has won races for a while now, uh, you, do you expect the wins to come at some point? 
I feel like those two wins that Logano has, it's like they hit it out of the park with the setup or something. Uh, he, he doesn't seem to be that consistent, but he's those certain days at Darlington and at uh, you know St. Louis, he had an incredible car and had the car to beat for that weekend. Yeah, for sure, and and even not you know there was still some things that went on that prevented arguably faster cars from winning those races too so that's you know that's the key to this whole puzzle the thing we always have to remember is very rarely in the cup series does somebody just run off and leave everybody and win the race now 40 or 50 years ago absolutely maybe even as recently as 15 years ago but it just it's not going to happen the way they design these stages and stuff like it's just it's not going to it's probably never going to lend itself to be that way again. And it's almost more exciting in a lot of ways because you introduce strategy where we only ever had strategy at plate tracks and at road courses. Now it's like everywhere. What you know, do we do we really need stage points? No. Well, then let us set ourselves up for the next stage or let's pit twice this stage or whatever they were crazy stuff they were doing this past weekend like i don't know it, it feeds my brain anyway i like i, I want to be in those rooms and hear you know hear those guys all go through their process i want to hear alan gusterson and what's different from him and chad you know uh and and what's different from the guys that are on the penske box from the gibbs box you know what's going on in shr camp like is is what Harvick and Rodney have is it is it so unrepeatable their combination that the other three cars can't do anything or is what Kevin has so unrepeatable that you know forever he was the guy that did ran that line at Atlanta that nobody could run you're like how is he doing that nobody runs low at Atlanta but he does yeah it's crazy and to go back on what you said about kind of the pit strategies um, you know, that was our really besides Atlanta, which it doesn't really count when it comes to that sort of thing. Uh, you know, is our, another track that we repeated from on the schedule. Uh, and you know, they had all the data from going there the first times, you know, you could tell that because when it was time for pit stops, it seems like they were all on pit road down there at the same time, even during green flag stops. I mean, the whole damn field was on the pit road. Yeah. Yeah. Besides a few that wanted to stretch it, and then I don't think it really panned out for him. We knew it probably wasn't going to pan out for him. Well, and it, it to me it it opens it opens the door back up to, and I don't even know which which era, a little mini or mini era to point back to, but there were, you know, <clears throat> if you're leading the race, and your strategy has you in good shape on tires and fuel, then you get to decide when the rest of the field pits. You know, at a, at a place where tires truly are wearing off or they can be saved throughout a run so that you can be faster later or faster now, um, you know, used to the leader would determine when people were pitting, not the ones behind him. The leader would pit and everybody would be like, damn, he's already <laughs> faster than us. And now he's fixing to be a lot faster than us. We got to hit pit road, maybe make an adjustment, knowing that if you try to do that under a caution, you're going to lose multiple cars worth of positions making that adjustment under green. Maybe you don't lose any positions. You just lose time on the racetrack. Right. Yeah. Uh, definitely was pretty cool to see the, the, the strategies all play out and then, you know, well, we'll get to that later, but people catching people and people being faster than others at the end of the race. But, uh, another silly season news to talk about, uh, prior to, uh, racing on Sunday Bubba Wallace signed extension with 2311 
don't know exactly the years. I know that on the Blaney one, they didn't give any, uh, any money or time on that, but, uh, Bubba Wallace, just after we, I had asked you last week if he was on the hot seat after not really getting it done, uh, you know, being emotional and just having good cars and not being able to punch that ticket. But, uh, he signs an extension. So you were, uh, you were definitely right on that. <laughs> My guess is Blaney's is for three years. That seems to be the blanket approach to signing drivers. I think Logano and chase are the only drivers that have a five plus year contract. Hell yeah. I mean, I, I feel like Blaney has a good, uh, sponsorship with with Menards and uh, you know Penske helping him out a few other races in there. I'm not sure the other uh, sponsors he's got, but uh, they're store partners. Yeah, that's kind of um, they're store partners with Menards. Partners, so you see right? Duracell show up in there, um, and then they uh, they've always had a relationship with PPG Paints. Yep. Um, and then I think they've got the Quaker state sponsorship now cause Hendrick went back to Valvoline. Yeah. Yep. And then Bubba, he, he seems like he's got a, uh, a few there under his belt as well with, uh, McDonald and DoorDash and, uh, Columbia and some other, uh, some others to go in there with it, man. How cool was Ty Gibbs? Yeah. How, how, uh, how cool was Ty Gibbs's car this past weekend looking like the old, uh, uh, pair of jordan the jordan 13s or 12s or whatever they was that car was badass <laughs> i thought it was cool i i yeah i thought that i mean it was neat that they immediately went to a brand uh to separate ty from from kurt you know and kind of taking the the focus away from monster and putting it on something that is definitely part of the team but is you know specific to tyler uh, so you it wasn't think- the Go ahead. You, you think if Ty gets in uh, the 18, uh, is it going to be Monster, obviously, or is it going to be uh, somebody else that Gibbs has got lined? It's got to be Monster, right? I See, this is where it's going to get real tricky. Um, so we talked about, I mean, just spitballing the idea that the Bushes might race for the same team. Uh, I guess we'll find out, uh, you know, in, in relatively short order, whether three teams is something Hamlin and Jordan want to do or not, and whether or not that includes uh, Kyle Busch, for instance. Um, and then we'll also find out who's got the most pull on the Monster brand power. Um, obviously, Monster doesn't particularly care for, you know, being aligned with a specific manufacturer or even a specific team. Uh, per se, because they're aligned with Haley Deegan um, in a and Ford. Riley Herbst, too. Riley Herbst too. Yeah, so um, I, I don't know. I, I would I would doubt that you know if, if Ty goes over to the 18 and runs you know full C. I I would doubt that that Monster would be the full time sponsor of that car. Uh, I think they want their hands in more things than just that. Now, where it gets tricky is if you do want to introduce Kyle Busch to your fold and he's got his own energy drink. Monster probably doesn't want to compete within the same team for that, for that attention. So then, then maybe it makes sense for monster to go all the way, take all their cup money and go over to Gibbs. But you've seen Bass Pro, they haven't been isolated to one, one team for a while. They're, they're very much partners of a driver Mm -hmm. or partners with a team owner or whatever it is. Um, and they haven't, you know, they've got, they've got 
uh, Gregson and they've got Truex and they've got Austin Dillon. Yep. And, you know, that they're not particularly a, care whether it's a Chevy or a Toyota or a Ford or whatever. Yeah, they just like the the driver. I see like uh I can't remember what the the actual uh, event was, but it was at the 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 main Bass Pro in Missouri. Uh and they had like a big event there. I think it was like the Fish, World Fishing Classic or something like that. Uh but all those drivers were there with uh, obviously a lot of the outdoor uh media stuff that the uh, out uh, Bass Pro has going on, but it was just kind of cool to see you know, Truex and, and Austin Dillon, uh, with all these outdoor media entities, it was pretty cool to see my two worlds kind of combine for a second. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, of course that makes it even more interesting for you because it's both things that you're interested in. Right. You know, I think that's why you've seen over the years, you've seen tracker more aligned with Truex. Cause we know, we know Truex is into hunting and fishing, but really it's fishing. Yeah you know, is his thing. So he's kind of always been a little bit more aligned with tracker boats, which is a Bass Pro brand. Yep. Um, so, you know, it, and, and it makes sense to, to sort of do it that way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, some non NASCAR news that I wanted to cover for a second, which I, this, this stat blows my mind, but the Knoxville nationals were this past weekend, a little dirt, uh, open wheel racing, but, uh, Donnie shots wins his 11th, Yes, I said that right. His 11th Knoxville national title. That is freaking unreal. So if you had to compare that, let's say, okay, by now I think most people have figured out that you come from Indiana, so you're pretty you're pretty close to all that sprint car stuff. Mm-hmm. To me, it's all learned secondhand, yeah, even though I know, you know my first experience being a fan of a driver is Casey Kane, and he clearly came from that space, but... I still didn't know much about it. I didn't really mm-hmm. understand what what were their crown jewels, so to speak. Like what what could you equate anything cup wise to Don Donnie Shots winning winning eleven Knoxville Nationals? I would almost tie it into like a, maybe like a Coke six hundred type of talk. That kind of uh milestone type of race. I wouldn't say Daytona five hundred, uh it could be like that too it's that big it's the biggest race they do all year long uh besides like king's royal and a few other uh races there's only usually a couple really really big ones i mean uh the the national um sprint car hall of fame is there in, in iowa there at the track it's just a very big event that they hold every year um i mean it sells out probably the day the tickets go on sale kind of like a a chili bowl type of situation, but obviously way bigger cars. <laughs> uh, yeah, but definitely that sort of sort of talk. A Coke six hundred, Daytona five hundred, in my book. Gotcha. So I mean, not to just totally spin this around and make it about me and my past as a race fan, but like when we start talking about who qualifies for a Hall of Fame situation or not, and of course you want to figure out all the ways your guy might be able. to you know, to make it into that circle. And if I look at Casey Kane with 18 cup wins, you go, and the, and the multiple disciplines, he's won on basically every kind of racetrack that cup offered, except a plate race. He never won a points paying cup plate race, Wow, I didn't. Know but that. he did win the Coke 600 three times. Nice. So it's like, okay, does that, does 18 wins and three 600s get you in the door at the hall of fame? I don't know, but seems like there's a reasonable argument there. I would. I don't know if I. I would say yeah. I would say that warrants a Hall of Fame. 
Maybe. Am I wrong? Yeah. I mean, I you know, I don't know. It's it's you know, for a while it was all he could do is win at the big tracks. Then he wins, you know, wins it loud and wins it in Finneon, wins it Bristol. Um, so it's like, okay, we could check the, most of the boxes here. Never a Daytona or a Talladega win. That's kind of a missing piece of the puzzle. But he he did win a a, a dual race, so that's kind of something. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm, I, yeah, I just you know I'm curious about that because you wonder what what constitutes a hall of it fame just, career. It just sucks for him being from other disciplines because those disciplines don't matter when it comes to to going in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I mean, I think he's got the sprint car thing locked up by having won the triple crown because uh, there's only like what three guys that have ever done that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. It's pretty obvious but, where he stands <laughs> in that in that group of people. It's crazy to think, though, like um, how far as long as Donnie Schatz has been in uh, that discipline of racing, he was in the original World of Outlaws game for like PlayStation One, and uh, World of Outlaws is actually releasing a new game for whatever platform they got nowadays. I don't really keep up with that sort of thing, but. Uh, they had a new game come out, so he's been on the game, you know, I, who knows, 30 years apart or something. <laughs> I was going to say, PlayStation 1, I remember playing it. I remember it being wildly different because uh, it came out right around the same time as that Nintendo disc thing. Whatever that was. Or no, Sega. It was Sega. Sega, Sega CD or something. <laughs> Sega CD. Yep. And then right after that, Sony launched PlayStation, so... What was that? Uh, I don't know. I'd 1995, 96, 97, somewhere around in there. Yeah, somewhere in there. That's just that's a crazy thought. I remember when they came out. I remember when like the Super Nintendos came out back in the day. I don't know if they had any uh, racing Sir. games back there, but <laughs> <laughs> Street Fighter Two. What are we talking about? I am the I am the baddest mf'er in the world at Mario Kart on Super Nintendo. I can't be beat. I'm I I don't suck at that game despite never having had a Super Nintendo myself. That game I was pretty good at uh and then fast forward to multiplayer uh Bond on N64. I was Yeah, that was good. Pretty too. smoking at that too. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I, we used to like the that big That was college heads. dorm room stuff right there, buddy. Oh yeah. When they taught me how to use those yellow buttons, I was like, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, we could definitely go down a rabbit hole when it comes to <laughs> video games and racing because i still have i mean i say that i don't really know what's going on in that aspect but just a few years ago i had the whole setup with the pedals and the uh, the force back steering wheel just playing on the console i didn't do like an i racing setup or nothing but it was fun to have like nascar online back even just a few years ago mm-hmm. when i was bored you know yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't huge into video games, but there was, like, the party video game for my age was Bond multiplayer. Oh, I guarantee it. See, like, my age group, it was kind of like, that was when, like, the Call of Duty and all that stuff, like, first got big, which it's an unreal market now, the video game market as a whole, but compared to back then, you know. Yeah, well, there's a, I mean, there's every kind of, PC was still catching up to be useful, and now that everybody's got fast internet, it's like, okay, now they're, I mean, not now, it's been 20 years of actualizing <laughs> that internet type content where the game constantly reloads packages and stuff, and like, you don't, 
I mean, you could obviously you've been to the sections at Target, Walmart, wherever they got the games. You can buy the CD or DVD and play it, but you can't update it. Uh, so I don't, I mean, I don't even know. I hadn't messed with computer games since Age of Empires. <laughs> oh, that was super long. I used to play Tomb Raider and shit back in the day on my computer. Age of Empires. Uh, I knew all the cheat codes, <laughs> so that's no good. Uh, <laughs> FIFA Soccer 99. I was very good at that game. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of drivers get their start from that sort of thing. You, I, there was a, uh, some kind of special on Fox, I believe FS one, like one of those race hub special type of deals talking about video games, racing and video games with, you know, it was kind of partnered up with iRacing and they had, they showed Truex and Dale Jr. Back in the day in their heyday with dial up internet and racing people on whatever <laughs> game it was they had on the computer back then when it looked like a freaking box on the screen racing these other people <laughs> yes yeah well i mean yeah wow but uh let's uh let's go on to some trucks um chandler smith wins uh, the saturday night richmond truck race um stamps his way for the next round in the truck playoffs it was there it's crazy to think they're already two races in on their playoffs that just blows my mind yeah, it is odd. I mean, I know we talked about that a few weeks ago, how they didn't take those five weeks off like they used to in the front part of the season. So now they're taking them off now. I I was like baffled because I guess this is how far removed I am from the day-to-day. I was searching for the Xfinity race on Saturday, and I'm like, shit, there's not one. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there would have been. It might have been a little easier to watch than the uh, truck race. Truck race wasn't, uh, wasn't all that. Uh was kind of... I wouldn't say bored by it because I only glanced at it a few times. I had a, a party for a friend that was going off overseas for the military, so we threw him a little party, and we had it on in the garage. I was paying attention every once in a while when I'd go get a, a hot dog or a burger from the garage. We were playing a lot of cornhole, but uh, not a super exciting truck race, to say the least. Yeah, I, I, the only thing that came out of it that I heard was that Hosevar ran into somebody again. Oh, yeah, did hear that, did see that, actually. He he hit him, and then somehow he got back on the lead lap, which I don't technically know the whole uh, reasoning on that, I guess. with the He was in front of the leader. Yeah, but it's... That's wild. Yeah, I mean, there was there was some, that was what the chatter was about is the gray area. You didn't around. want to go a lap down or something. Well, if you're involved in a caution, you can't get the lucky dog. But if you cause a caution in front of the leader, you get to go back to the back, the last timing loop, which means you're ahead of the leader, so you make your lap up. Yeah, I don't know. Too. It was it was one of those things where you're like, I wonder if they'll revisit the way this rule is written. Uh, you know, and every so. track has those timing lines, they're not consistent at every track. They're in different locations. They happen more often at some tracks than others. You know, it's, so it's like, it's kind of a, it's kind of a shit show just in general trying to police that particular rule. Definitely. Um, yeah. I wonder why it wasn't a, uh, like a triple header type of weekend at Richmond, just, you know, having all three series there, you might as well run all three of them. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, that, that's kind of, what I was thinking is why, why are we going to Richmond without Xfinity? That, I mean, that seems like a track tailor made for Xfinity. They had a hell of a race in the spring with Ty Gibbs and John Hunter, uh, beating and banging there at the end and, uh, Gibbs giving him the bumper to win it. I, I thought it was probably better than the cup race. 
Well, a lot of those races are. Yeah, that's true. It is a very exciting series to watch, which, you know, I've always been a truck guy. I've always loved watching the trucks, but uh, here lately, they haven't really given me a whole lot to, to look at. And, you know, we talk about the off weekend this weekend. Why can't we run trucks at Watkins Glen? I don't know. That's an interesting question, and I wouldn't know who would even have the answer unless it's Ben Kennedy. I mean, it's true. seems Maybe to be the one that's sort of running that play show. Out that way, I guess. I don't know. Um, maybe there's just something about trucks there. They just said, we've got enough road courses for this series. We'll just leave that alone. Well, let's move on to cup. We got uh, a few topics obviously to talk about here in the cup series. Uh, Kevin Harvick wins two in a row, uh, pulling another rabbit out of his hat. Um, hell of a timing for old closer there. (laughs) I know you love that word. Yeah. Well, it's, (laughs) It, it it it's kind of funny to me. I mean, there was a time when it, it mattered, it meant something. And I'm not saying it doesn't mean something now because the reality is this. Um, Harvick won two races in a row that he was not the fastest car in by, by a lot. Like, by, like, just you could see it with your eyeballs. That's not the fastest car, but it's the car that's going to win this race. Um, and there's something to that that right that you got to lose them before you can win them and once yeah. you've won them they begin, they get easier to win um it's because there's no anxiety it's just this is what the car has this is the way we this is the best way we can try to win is to do this and this and this and they did and they won so not taking anything away from them because like i said earlier i prefaced this you know i long leaded this by saying in the cup it's rarely the fastest car that wins the race because you have so many other components stages, you know, uh, you've got the pit crew. It matters more now than it ever has. And we'll say that next year and next year and next year. And then next year it, they just, they are learning as much about stopping as they are about going fast every week. I, I feel like there was a lot of what ifs at the end of this race. Uh, what if Chris Busher gets past Bubba, uh, battles, uh, battles Harvick a little bit with, I don't even know how many laps were to go, maybe 20, 25, 30, somewhere in there. But what if Busher gets up to him, gives him a battle, you know, slows him down at certain parts of the track. Maybe, maybe they touch a couple times and then you got another, what if, what if you had a whole nother lap? Christopher Bell was a freaking rocket ship on a mission to Mars. He was hot and coming. And how fast was Hamlin coming behind him? True. And both. what if both of those guys don't have trouble on pit road? Yeah. What if Bell doesn't spin out early in the race all by himself and put himself 20 cars behind and chase them through the field and not making adjustments or making the wrong adjustments just to get back to the front? Yeah. And, you know, we go back to talk about Logano a little bit. He led a lot early on in that race, and it seemed like he kind of just fell off. Yeah. After leading the whole first part of the race, really. Well, and then that's not the first time in recent memory we've seen that. Truex absolutely dominated Loudon, and then he disappeared. Yep, and then uh, I think Ross even led some laps there at the beginning. I think he won the first stage. He he led every lap of the first stage. Yeah, He and Larson said that before the race. He said, I know how Ross is. I'm going to kind of let him go a little bit and and see how good my car is and how good I can get it. 
he said, because he didn't think that he had that great of a car anyways to to, to start on the front row. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was something about that A group versus B group in qualifying where one, I don't know if it was cloud cover or what happened, but there was significant differences. Like the sixth place car in group A was 21st fastest on the sheet. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, that didn't, that's something wildly different happened there. But we used to see that all the time when they used to line them up on slowest to fastest, yeah. you know, uh, that, that, that you had to, you know, that was what that whole debacle was with Carl Edwards and them like deliberately sandbagging practice so that they could qualify in a different order, uh, to try to get closer to the front back when that seemed to matter more. Yeah. Um, you know, it, what about the, the, the high side of the track there at the beginning? Uh, looked like Stenhouse tried it, and then and Bell was uh, ran it for a while, and then uh, Kyle Busch seemed to, he like wanted to run it the whole race, even though it wouldn't help him out very much. <laughs> it was kind of cool to see him. It was almost like they were dirt tracking up by the wall. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what we wanted Richmond to be, right? I mean, three three solid lanes of racing. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it would have been a if even if they would have just had, you know, that bottom grooves off obviously preferred, but it would be so so awesome for that racetrack if they could get another groove in there where they could run the top like that for a long period of time. Yeah, and there were several guys that were fast that were running the middle the whole time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I feel like two weeks in a row. Uh, race weekend, it's been like uh, Toyota is the car to beat. Toyotas are the fastest, but we get another Ford that wins it. Two weeks in a row, it's been like that. They they preach it all weekend. The Toyotas are the car to beat. Nobody can beat them here. They're, they, they're so fast. And it's like, yeah, you might be fast, but you didn't win the race at all. I mean, I know you were close, but... Uh, I feel like your your strategy, just like you alluded to earlier, I feel like they just need to play their strategy a little better. Yeah, and I wonder, too, uh, some of the background chatter is that Joe Gibbs's philosophy on pit crew stuff was, you know, it was one way for a long time, and then now it's clearly the fastest stop every time, no matter what. And maybe it's time for them to ease off that and say maybe we don't shoot for a nine two we shoot for a nine eight with no mistakes yeah definitely i mean i know those are tough situations to be in but you know with the with the 19 car truex uh you're trying to get him in the playoffs uh i know he maybe not didn't necessarily have a mistake on pit road but uh same camp situation uh you know when it comes to this late in the season you gotta you gotta be pretty good on pit road yeah, we didn't put this in the notes, but there was some chatter around that whole thing where, like, uh, you know, team orders and there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't hear about in, yeah. in terms of stuff like trying to get Truex in the playoffs. Well, at the end of the day, you've got drivers with multiple wins or wins or they're protected because of the, their point situation. you got the one car that's sitting over there that needs need, maybe needs some help. And you're you're going to help them. A rising tide lifts all ships. You know, I mean, right. there's still extra money for finishing in the top 16 that's not available to the 17th place guy. You know, there's still reasons to go into those races with something to lose 
because it forces you to, you know, if it, it forces ingenuity to a different lane as opposed to just becoming a test car for three guys that are then in playoffs, it's four cars that are trying to win the playoffs. Yeah. I don't, it just, it's there. It, it's a no duh situation. It's not formula one where you have clearly one car that they want to win and the other cars just there basically to do the best they can until it's time to help the other guy. <laughs> right. Like it, it's not really that way in NASCAR, but there's still team. There's a team component to it and it matters. Definitely. And, you know, to have the situation or talk about the situation situation a little bit, you know, true X versus Blaney, they're battling for this spot. You know, the media was stuck on it pretty hard Sunday you know, I feel like that's all they talked about pre-race. Um, out of those two, out of those two cars, who do you think uh, Blaney's ahead in points? I want to say twenty-six points. Uh, who do you think pulls it out in that situation, or either of them don't? <laughs> I think Blaney has got a chance to get away from Truex this weekend at Watkins Glen. Yeah, Toyotas haven't been that great on road courses this year. And Truex, I mean, he's got that window of time where he was really really good at infineon but other than that he doesn't make a lot of noise at road courses yep that well remember that uh was it chase's first win uh truex was chasing him down i don't know if it, it was one of those little battles they had at Watkins Glen last year or two years ago or three years ago i can't remember it all runs together anymore but yeah uh chase versus truex uh they were both pretty fast but uh i believe that was when he was in the 78 car so that's been a few years back yeah, well, I mean, if you look at the driver stats over the last, I mean, I just call it since Blaney and, and Chase got the cup, they have the best average finish at road courses between the two of them. Yep. Um, and it's not really even that close. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Blaney's at like an average of 12.6 or 12.4. It's in the 12s. Yeah, and Chase is, is like in the sevens, but yeah. they're head and shoulders above everybody else in that same time period. So, you know, if you're picking for a race, you know, the odds makers and the people that just look at what's going on on the TV would say, well, the Penske cars are really good at plates, and so are the Fords in general, and you've got the best plate racer as your teammate or arguably as yourself and Blaney. But between yeah. Logano and Blaney, those two are the best plate racers out there that have cars that can win. You know, Brad's good, but his car, we don't know about, you know. Well, his so other I car think, is good. Christopher, yeah. Christopher Busher. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Busher. Uh, that car is pretty good, as it turns out. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I think, I think you know, Blaney with another top 10 road course finish uh, this week would, would probably separate himself enough that, they would just Truex ride would in the back in Daytona. Yeah, Truex would have to probably win Daytona, which probably win. Don't yeah. believe don't believe he's ever done that at all. Any plate race? No, I don't believe he's got a plate win. Nope, I don't think he does. I could be totally wrong on that, but I don't believe he does. Um, tail, let's talk about that though a little bit. Tale of two Christophers. What is up with Dale Jr. saying uh, Christopher Busher? And I believe Christopher Busher is putting that on his car this weekend. Sounded to <laughs> me like it was just kind of an honest mistake. The same one I make sometimes between Tyler Reddick and Ty Gibbs and Ty Dillon. I'm guilty of it too. Or Austin Cindric and Austin Dillon. I'm guilty there. Mm -hmm. um, for some reason, I don't seem to have any issue 
distinguishing between Chase Briscoe and Chase Elliott, but I don't know. That's just maybe the way my brain works. But he said Christopher on the broadcast because he had just talked about Bell or something, and he said Christopher Busher. He called Christopher Bell Chris Bell or something. There was something there, and it grew legs, and then he did it again. I don't know if he did it on purpose, but Probably. yeah, and then this week, you know, Busher's all on board with it because why not? When Dale Jr. is making the racket, you might as well play the game. So, yeah. I mean, he had – he was like at 3000 likes and I'll put Christopher Busher on my door and showed a picture of it just saying Chris Busher. I mean, he had 3000 likes in like 17 minutes. Yeah. I'm so, sure crazy. I mean, like you know, you I, knew that was going to happen. I'm not going to lie. Too low. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. At the end of that race, I was rooting for him. I was rooting for Chris Busher, you know, get it somebody, another new winner in there mess this whole playoff thing up even more than it already is as far as you know trying to track points and who's in and who's getting kicked out and all that stuff it threw a huge monkey wrench in that and it would just been really cool to see him it it wouldn't be his first win because he got that fog rain deal at Pocono a couple years back but uh still for the for the season you know having one win it's still been really cool to see well, and if not for any other reason than just a little bit of a petty reason, uh, not Richard or Kyle, but a petty as in behavior, right. uh, I want to see Busher get a win on his own merit and just kind of thumb the finger over it at Ricky Stenhouse and say, see, I, <laughs> I did what you couldn't do. That's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Stenhouse, man, he. Uh, I'm glad he runs uh, some sprint car stuff because – his uh his cup series stuff. I mean, I know he has wins and all, but jeez. He uh he's got he four to, plate wins. That's He it. has four wins. It is four. I maybe didn't even realize three, it was four. Maybe three. I don't he know. He had the 1776 race, Daytona. Yeah. Night race. I know he won Talladega once. Maybe it's just the two. We could yeah. be wrong on that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, there for a while there he was either up front or causing the big one. And now we know him as, you know, Recky Spinhouse. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he so, did it again. He did it again at Richmond. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, it's and just he like, was on some wild ass pit strategy and he, you know, he had to not do that. And he did that. Plus he had a, what, speeding on pit road afterwards. I mean, it's like, <laughs> at what point does this guy, I mean, I don't want anybody to lose their job ever, but at what point does this guy stop being employable at the cup level? Yeah. Like he's already got to be making pretty bottom dollar maybe that's what maybe jtg doherty looks at that situation and goes we know now that atlanta is in the mix we've got six races a year we got a legit shot at a really good finish and stenhouse can do that for us and he's not making a lot of money okay well yeah but like you know is is it that we have a shortage of drivers now that are ready to, to, to go up to cup and take that lesser money to, to run a, I don't know. What, what would you call that car? A B car, a C plus car. I would see a C minus car. C minus car. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, we'll just say C it's a C car. It's a C car. Yeah. It's, it's a C car that's supposed to have an A motor in it. Right. Uh, that's crazy. Some, some, something just popped in my head. I don't know why it just popped in my head. Another kind of silly season talk. I keep hearing a lot of rumbling of uh, Cole Custer going to race for uh, uh, Rick Ware Racing. Like, uh, what's yes. that all about? Uh, with contract cars from RCR, I believe. 
No, from SHR. SHR. Yeah. Well, that certainly would make more sense. Yeah, I mean, but for Rick Ware Racing, I feel like, is he really going to kick Cody Ware out of a car, or are they going to run two cars? Well, that's the thing is, it becomes a value proposition because Rick Ware is holding two charters that just got valued at around $20 million each. Mm. So, and that's what the running, I mean, that's what the going rate, based on how all the negotiations are going, that's the momentum for for those right now and now you have legit competition for them because colleague wants another one hamlin wants another one and junior wants his first so that's only going to drive the cost up even more at some point you got to figure if you're rick ware what is the reason why you're doing this uh you know i don't know what his lifetime investment in it is and if he even needs the money for all we know he's out there just goofing off just be goofing off but i mean i'd be hard not to be looking at if you're holding forty million dollars, that's what I was getting ready to say. Worth What's, of worth yeah. of toys, and someone says they'll hand you a forty million dollar check for those toys, that's a hard, that's a hard thing to ignore. Yeah, just keep going and playing in IndyCar because they got an IndyCar team too, right? Yeah, you're pretty, you're pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. They mess around over there too. Yeah. Uh, maybe they just use that forty million dollars to help their IndyCar out a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, well, that would, I mean, that would fund an Indy car for like the next six seasons. <laughs> right. Maybe they could put somebody, I don't even know who's racing for them. I actually think they've done way better on the Indy car side than they have uh, Cup, Cup. obviously. I remember when I went to a uh, road course race at Indy, the, the May version, the Grand Prix, uh, I believe whoever was running well. Uh, was in a Rick Ware car, and I'm like, holy shit! You know, I've con- connected the dots, and I'm like, Rick Ware car is in the top five at this Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I you don't tell you about a neat guy to talk to, and that's Rick Ware. That's an interesting character. What's he even do? How does he get the money to do all this? I have no idea. I forgot. Somewhere in the annals of a previous <laughs> podcast, there is an entire interview with him. Really, I didn't know you guys interviewed him. Yeah. One of these, uh, one of these, uh, well, we, we're on episode 26. I uh, wonder when we're going to start doing those type of interviews. I, I have fun just the banter between me and you going back and forth, but it would be fun to interview people. Yeah, well, that's something we need to talk about offline in terms <laughs> right. of what this fall looks like. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a very busy time for myself. Um, let's make some picks first uh, for uh, Watkins Glen. Uh, I got you with Seabell over Hamlin, barely. Uh, it's 12 to 10 now. Uh, who you got for this weekend? Well, uh, the man of the hour. Uh, I'm going to take Tyler Reddick. It's a very good pick for road courses. Obviously, he's won the last two. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with somebody that's won there before uh, and it not be Chase Elliott. I'm going to go Kyle Larson for this week. That is an interesting pick. He has been very quietly in the top three to nine cars every week, it seems like. Yep. Um, and just really isn't breaking through to get up front. Uh, we know he can win at a road course. Whether I wonder if the Kyle Larson mystique of last year, how much of that had to do with that car that was just planted – you know, Matt the gas all the way around. 
I, I wonder is, is this more of what Kyle Larson is like this year? Cause I don't think last year is what it is. Yeah. It, I think it's, it's definitely a different aspect. somewhere in between. I think he's a guy that's going to get you between two and five wins on a pretty consistent basis year over year. Absolutely. Well, buddy, that's, uh, that's all I got for episode 26. Uh, tell these good people where they can find us at on the old social media. Yeah. Well, of course you can find us on Twitter, uh, BTDO podcast, uh, on Instagram. It's blowing the doors off. Um, I don't really, I mean, I mess around a little bit with my personal stuff, but y'all figure that out. It's not going to be hard to figure out which one of those things is mine. <laughs> you can find me at, uh, <laughs> B Wayne 85, 89, uh, only on Twitter. And you can find me in the, uh, uh, LinkedIn space as well for podcast hosts. Uh, but we'll see you after the Glen and to set up the epic season finale at Daytona International Speedway. It's going to be a fun week, Absolutely. and I love Watkins Glen. Me too, actually. It was probably the first road course I kind of fell in love with, really. Same. Yep. Same, same. Yep. Y'all have a good <laughs> week. Yeah. Scoop!